Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Next up here in the fan cave, we have credentialed NFL and Raiders beat writer, also frequent contributor to RaidersBeat.com and longtime friend of Raiders fan radio. Welcome in Scott Winter. What's up, Scott? Hey, man. How's it going? It's going fantastic, buddy. Great to have you back on. It's been a minute since we've had you on. Uh, And I was trying to think back to the first time we had you on. It was like three years ago. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. uh during the uh, relocation drama oh my you know? gosh yeah well, i was that was actually before the uh snTIC made a ruling it was kind of that far back oh my gosh well we will yeah. uh and i and i definitely want to ask you about that too because you are an, a, an absolute authority on uh, not only the relocation but the kind of the the ramifications and the wake of the Raiders leaving and what's going on in Oakland and so uh, I want to ask you about that but first off let's uh, let's let's ask you about what you've been up to lately tell us tell the tell the RFR listeners where they can find you where you what you're up to and all that good stuff well you know I'm I'm a contributor at uh, RaidersOfBeat.com which is really awesome they you know I've had uh, uh, some uh, good opportunities there and uh, the site's uh, uh really awesome uh it's it's nice being you know you the radio cody show and they got that they get you know uh <clears throat> chris reed's working over there and, and they just put out good stuff and uh I, I was very thankful you know opportunity with them because uh, you know it's it's a win-win for both of us um i'm also working on you know 
down the road doing a podcast with myself. It's kind of weird. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not as savvy as you guys, you know, um, I'm, I'm really good at getting on and making, you know, putting out, you know, information, but not so good at, you know, doing the intricacies. You guys do a lot of hard work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of this whole podcast thing. It's not just flipping on a microphone and going for it, but Scott with, uh, with the amount of content and the amount of, uh, you know, authority that you could bring, I, I would look forward to hearing your podcast. Oh, you know, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things and it's just, uh, I'm just another guy with an opinion, but, uh, um, you know, I do have, you know, I still get information here and there and I don't, I'm not out to try to break stories or anything like that anymore. I just, uh, you know, I just like to, I like to talk Raiders football. I mean, don't we all? Right. That's why we're here. Well, <laughs> well, so, so you, you said you're a guy with an opinion. So let's, let's jump into the hot story of the week. The big topic of the week, Scott, give me your opinion on the Mandalorian. Oh, well, that, <laughs> that was interesting. You want to go there? That's fine. Heck uh, yeah, man. I'm um, a star Wars junkie, man. Let's I go there. Not, okay. So I haven't seen episode two yet. I which just watched it, it like 20 minutes yeah, Okay, you can't, dude. You can't no do spoilers. That. No, no, no. Okay, Give me right, your right, spoiler-free right. opinion. Spoiler-free. Okay. From on the first one, I believe that that it's 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 a proper buildup. It looks like it's going to be a fantastic uh, series. If you know, but it's one episode in, so they're doing the buildup. I believe it's got a lot of Easter eggs for for Star Wars fans, but I believe it can stand alone for people who don't know all of the intricacies of the Lord, because I think they're going to explain it as it goes on. And, uh, they've got a lot to work with as far as, uh, uh, the Mandalorian, uh, theme, uh, and, and myth that was really kind of explored, uh, you know, touched on, um, in, uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Absolutely. It's, it's top notch, man. It's some of my favorite star Wars in the Disney era. It might be my favorite star Wars in the Disney era. I mean, I love force awakens, but this is legit, man. And, and, and uh, no spoilers. You're going to like episode number two. I'll just, Oh, I'll just, I can't wait. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah. Wait. I'll say that. And I'll talk fast so you can get to it later tonight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. But Hey, uh, so, uh, you know, of course, our, our listeners want to hear about the Raiders. So let's talk about the Raiders. But first off, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, you're an authority on the stadium yeah, and, and whether it was from the relocation or as I mentioned, also the aftermath, give us kind of the 30,000 foot view. Where are we at with Allegiant stadium? How's the timing work? All that good stuff. Where are we at as far as the future of the Raiders playing in Las Vegas? Oh, it should be ready by July. Just like they, they said it. I, I don't see anything so far that's a, that's going to throw it off. I mean, they had a little bit of a issue with the steel, uh, but they they were able to work parallel uh, projects uh, and move other things forward uh, in the meantime. Uh, it still should by Christmas. It still should look almost complete from the outside. It should it should really have that look, and you'd be like, "Wow, that's what it's going to look like." Uh, so they're on track there. Um, once they get the the facade up, then of course they're going to have a big giant plasma screen with a gazillion pixels that's going to be facing I-15 there, and uh, you know they'll have the inflated pillows uh, for the roof, which is tented uh, to keep out the uh, the harmful UV stuff because it can get kind of kind of hot there in Las Vegas. Just saying, but uh, that view uh, there's a, there isn't a bad seat in that house. Uh, it's that there, you know, being able to open those doors on certain days where you can actually just look out through, through the Al Davis torch. Cause a lot of people don't realize there's going to be a big 
torch there. It's going to be, you can't have a real fire there. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a holographic fire, but it, it, I didn't know massive. that. Yeah. You can't have a fire in, in the indoors, but there's going to be a huge, huge torch. Uh, it's going to make the one that in, in a Coliseum. And I don't want to, they're not, this isn't about poo poo and what they did in the Coliseum because it's fantastic for Al Davis. The torch in is going to be magnificent, and it's going to and it's going to be in that certain view where you also see the Las Vegas Strip when they open the shutter doors to the to the outside. So yeah, wow. Now we were just yeah. out there. I mean, just just a couple of weeks ago, and of course stood by the torch and took pictures like you're supposed to when you're in town, right? And uh, and yeah, it's not that big, really. It's not that no. And but and I and I knew that this one was going in terms of scope was going to be much larger, but I didn't realize that it wasn't going to be a real fire or a real flame. I thought it was. Uh, yeah, you I, can't. I, they, yeah, you can't do that in a in in a dome. It just wouldn't work. So it's going to be a, no you know, a, 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 yeah, it's going to be a holographic wow. kind of video thing. Yep. Huh. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. All right. So everything's, so everything's on track there. Uh, you know, there's been a little, I don't know, a flare up here lately about the, what, is going to happen uh, with the rem- the remains of the and I'm <laughs> literally the remains of the Oakland Coliseum. Uh, what's going What's going on there? Uh, what is the you know the A's are uh, you know they're they're banging the drum about their their new place at the Howard Terminal, but there's a lot of doubts in that. Like, just give us again a high level view. What does it look like when the Raiders leave and they're in Vegas in 2020? The Warriors are gone. The A's are playing uh, you know through the sewage. What do we got left? Well. It, it, it's the same thing that the Raiders want. And it's finally dawned, apparently, you know, because uh, the, the Alameda has been trying to wash its hands of the Coliseum property for some time. They wanted to sell out before even the Raiders uh, uh, went through the relocation process in um, Los Angeles. So they were trying to sell their half of the land to Oakland. You know, so that one unit, one entity could deal with the Raiders on this. And then that never happened, but it's it never went away. And so the A's made an aggressive move and were able to work a deal where they're going to get half. They're going to get the Alameda half for the Coliseum because they need they're not going to build it. They're not going to build the the uh, uh, their ballpark there. Apparently they broke. Apparently they're still going to build it. Howard Terminal. Things can change. I don't want to. You know this. This has been a fluid situation, but gee, only for twenty years. <laughs> just you know, <laughs> when I, you know, like fluid like magma. You know, I mean like like you know migrating sand, but it's still fluid. They need they need something to offset the financial the amount of money it's going to take to get Howard Terminal up and running because they don't want to use public uh, funding. Howard you. Terminal is is going to require a ton of infrastructure work. The city is not really willing to 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 go there. Uh, so they need to fund it and what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to use that land and and, and the Coliseum land to try to uh, maybe solicit uh, you know tech companies this that, and the other but Oakland wanted to do that. Oakland wanted that to have that property for to do exactly that. That's why they would not sell it to the Raiders. You know, and the Raiders were asking the same thing that the A's are basically going to get. So the the city tried to sue to block the county from selling the A's the land. Well, that blew up in their faces. And so they've 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 discontinued that lawsuit. And apparently, you know, from what I'm hearing, they're eventually going to sell the land to the A's and the A's are going to 
basically win out. They're going to be able to to redevelop that land and tear everything down, redevelop it into, uh, you know, uh, maybe a tech, you know, area, bring in, you know, and, and they're going to use that money to finance uh, their their power terminal thing. So they'll still, play, they'll okay. still actually play in the Coliseum until that happens, but they won't have to pay rent and all that other stuff, and it'll all be their money because they'll own it. So this is still going to go on for a bunch more years. It, it, well, yeah, until, you know, until they've 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 done their work wherever they're going to build this thing if it's Howard Terminal great uh, which I think I think Howard Terminal would be gorgeous I, I oh, think it's, no a, doubt. It's, a, it's, a, it's a good look it's a good location as far as the beauty of it and you know getting the the bay and everything if you, from the area and I grew up in that area it would be fantastic looking uh, but it's just so much work you know port authority and all that and it, it's just i think it'll be unique i think it'll be a camden yards kind of situation where you you know in the background and so in camden yards you got the big you know warehouses and you got all of that stuff and it looked great when it came out and whereas in the bay you're going to have all of the you know the cranes and but they're they're not bad looking cranes the oakland uh port is no they're at port. walkers man they're way yeah cool. they do yeah they've got that they've got that star wars look you know we're talking about star wars there it is but uh it's you know it, it's a it's going to be a unique view and i and i love the a's you know the a's are the a's are my passion as far as major league baseball goes and they really need that to compete i mean the the giants when they when they got Pack Bell Park, which is now what AT and T Park. I mean, it's, it's changed its name. Park. Oh, it's Oracle Park. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, um, you know, I mean, I was there from when it was Pack Bell Park. Yeah, Willie, yeah, yeah. I mean, Willie too. Brown goes, we're going to call it Pack Bell Park. That's the way <laughs> it's going to be. And uh, it gave them because there's no parity in baseball, whereas there's parity in football, basketball, hockey. You have, you have, you know, strict salary caps. Baseball doesn't have that, so it's it's basically how much money you can earn is what kind of team you can field. At least you are able to pick the fruit that you want and pay top dollar for it if you so choose. And so small market teams just don't do as well, and they have that upward battle, whereas Boston and New York and Los Angeles and San Francisco and a few other teams, Chicago, they can just throw money at people. Um, and they can get the talent, whereas Oakland can't do that. Oakland has to develop its talent. It's forced to do certain things, and it's still been competitive. It, New York is able to field so much more, and, and and now Houston, and now you know Boston, and, and it's just you know when they can have three hundred million dollar payrolls, it's really yeah. hard to kind of compete with that when you know the A's are like, if they're worth $300 million, <laughs> you know? right? Right? I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, they're worth more than that, but I mean, for a long time they weren't. You know, so. Well, so let, let's jump back over to the NFL side of it. Let's talk a little bit about the Raiders. So we're five and oh, four. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland beating Pittsburgh last night. Uh, we're in that sixth spot. We're a wild card team. I don't know how many of you, or uh, and you being the proverbial listener there, how many of you thought we were going to be a playoff team in the back half of the season? I didn't. I mean, uh, you know, I had the I had pretty uh, curbed expectations of this season, uh, and I think that that uh, that was a, a fair assessment considering the way that it, we closed out last year. Uh, but man, you know, Gruden and 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 the crew continue to impress, and so the the team is on a roll. Scott, uh, what are we looking at for the second half outlook now going into a playoff run? 
Well, right now, the Raiders, as far as uh, strength of schedule, have the second best strength of schedule going forward as far as their opponents. Uh, I think their winning percentage is somewhere in the 300s, uh, which is, you know, fantastic. The Raiders, to, to, to feasibly get to hold on to this spot, in my opinion, I think they need to finish at 10 and 6 at worst. Uh, 11 and 5 would be better. I think 11 and 5 almost basically locks you in there. Uh, 12 and 4 is not impossible. That's a, you know, this, I think Kansas City, and that's, a, that's really, you know, Derek Carr and this Raider organization going into Kansas City, that's been their Achilles heel. They have just not been able to win up there. Right. And there isn't a team on the list other than the Kansas City Chiefs that the Raiders should lose to. They, they should beat the Chargers in L.A. They should beat the Jets. They should be, beat Cincinnati. They should, you know, I mean, they should beat Tennessee. Now, Tennessee's Tennessee's kind of got some mojo going on, so that's going to be a tough game. You know, San Diego, or excuse me, Los Angeles is always going to be a tough game. The Chargers, they play tough. The Broncos play tough. But, I mean, the Raiders should beat the Broncos. The Raiders should beat San Diego, uh, Los Angeles. The Raiders should beat the Jets. The Raiders should beat Cincy. That, I mean, what's that, four, four games right there? That should be nine and seven. Yeah. And then you got Tennessee, and then you've got uh, Kansas City. So, I mean, there's, the, the, you know, the Raiders couldn't, they got seven games. They could sweep all seven. That would be something. If their offense, they have the offense that can get the job done, and the defense is going to play catch up, but if the defense keep the defense is starting to get that big play mentality. Yes. If they do that, and I wrote an article on Raiders beat about this uh, right before the uh, Chargers game. <clears throat> Nolan Harrison tweeted out, I tweeted out something to me when I when I said you know this defense could get better and blah blah blah, and he said about midway in November, <laughs> he said defenses do get better pro- basically by proxy. He he said. The offense is basically the offenses out there. They've shot their shot. They've there's nothing out there that they've hit. They've got hit. They have shown their playbook over nine games, over ten games, oh, and so defenses right. defenses should be able to gain an advantage if they're studying this and you've got good coordinators and they're doing their job. And which I believe that the Raiders do have, even though you know some people you know have questioned that. I believe that the talent is hungry. I don't believe that they're they're lazy. They're definitely not. They're putting everything they got out there. You know, no, there's no quit in this team, and that's yeah. been a nice thing this yeah. year. That in mm-hmm. in terms of Raider teams in the past, one of the big things we could were easily critical of was that they were just kind of laid down. I mean, all I got to do is watch Bruce Irvin, right? Like there was times where the players just quit playing. Uh, not quit, but you know what I'm saying, though. They they took plays off, man, and there's no evidence of that in this football team at all. It's fantastic. Well, last year we had the the Raiders had the problem. It wasn't just you know an Irvin thing. It was a conditioning thing. We found out later, you know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We found out later the conditioning was a big issue, yeah. and that they weren't they were good for three quarters or two and a half quarters because they fell off in the second half, and that defense just wore down. Blah. This year, you're not seeing that. You know, uh, you looked at that Chargers game, and that defense was on the field for a long time. And yet, and yet, they didn't look tired at the end of the game, did they? Not you know, at all. They, Absolutely. They, they really not. didn't. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, so you've got a young team. You've got a hungry team. They've added Deion Jordan. 
And I'm I'm on the fence about him. I'm glad that they didn't add him and then drop somebody important, you know, or of a good future prospect. You know, a couple of guys are going on IR, and that sucks. You know, I I hate seeing. We we, we had Cujo, and he was really dialed. That's your guy, man. You've always plays. liked him. I have. I felt like you know, I felt like he kept getting better and better. And and you don't stick around with Gruden if you ain't playing, if you ain't practicing, you weren't working hard. And he did. And now, if you take a look at it, this team. Regardless of whether they traded somebody to set any other, they are down three first round picks on the defense side alone. Crazy. Think about that. Yeah, they started, they started with three first round picks on defense, all of them in the secondary. Once traded, two are on IR. Mm, that hurts. But but the rookies are are coming together. The the sophomores are coming together. You know, you're getting some push from Mo Hurst. You're getting some push from PJ Hall. You know, uh, Farrell is, is, is finally illness free and he's gained the weight back that he lost. Plus it's that strength too. When you get sick and I mean, he got sick really bad, uh, especially over in London, you lose strength. I mean, you, you know, when you're puny, you're puny, you're feeling it. Ugh. It takes a while to get that back when you're in the middle of a season and he's got that strength back. He's got that weight back and it shows it showed up. Against the charge, two and a half sacks. I, I get that they're, you know, they were playing like guys, you know, from off the street at tackle. Sarcasm. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, he got the job done. He's looking better. His confidence. He's a hell of a pick. And again, I talk to guys, you know, boosters and all sorts of stuff where I'm at. I'm only an hour away from Clemson. And I see these people all the time, you know, at the casino, which I do work there. And we, they talk about them all the time. I said, don't worry. He's going to get better. He's going to get better. You you just haven't seen him yet and this, that, and the other. And, of course, the Hunter Renfro, same thing. Man, these rookies are doing so great. Yeah. Josh Jacobs, this is the best rookie crop so far that the Raiders have had through nine games. I can't say best ever, like 1968 or 2014. You're not going to say that until you see the end result, you know, five years down the road. Sure. But through nine games, these guys are playing out of their mind. Absolutely. And the productivity of the draft class is absolutely insane. One of our uh, listeners this last week ma- made the call, and you know, basically his, his statement was that similar to yours, that this is one of the best draft classes we've ever had. And, you know, it's, it's tough to evaluate the draft class in terms of, you know, it's a, it, we don't want to be a prisoner of recency. You know, you want to get a couple years down the road to look at it, uh, to really, uh, you know, grade it or whatever, for lack of a better term. But in terms of, like, comparing Mike Mayock to Reggie McKenzie, like, it's not even close. Like, it's a slam dunk already that – I mean, Mayock has proven to be a better evaluator of talent. It's just, it's just there. Uh, so let me ask you this. So assuming that, you know, or not assuming, but regardless of how the Raiders finish out in 20, in 2019, regardless of how this thing finished playoffs or otherwise, what's the biggest need for the Raiders in 2020? Ooh, <clears throat> I think that I believe that we saw a luxury pick this year in, 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 um, a 24 running back, right? Uh, Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs is a luxury pick in the sense that uh, usually you don't take a running back in the first round, but the Raiders had three first round picks. So they took, they took a safety and they took, you know, defensive end. And these are blue chip, solid, strong, you know, value, you know, not only are they good players and, and core players as far as, you know, wanting to play football, but they're, 
the their draft capital value worth is is off the chart because these are um, these are weighted more weighted than say a linebacker or running back or tight end for example for for that matter just the value of the pick but they had three first round picks so you can take a flyer on a running back and not and and where I'm not a big running back guy in the first 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 round because you know, you can get that production in third round and get that production in the fifth round, you know, um, uh, Le'Veon Bell, third round, you know, uh, uh, Johnson from, from Arizona, you know, third round, fourth round. I, it just, Eckler was not a first round pick and he's just having a, he's going to have a great year with, with the Chargers. The difference is, is that if you could, if you could redraft a couple of years back, would you take Alvin Kamara in the first and you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> right, yes. right. Yes, I would take Alvin Kamara in the first because of what he's capable of. Josh Jacobs is like an Alvin Kamara, and they haven't even really tapped in to that receiving potential of his. He is just he's a better runner than Alvin Kamara. Absolutely better runner. And and I'm gonna say that. I'll be on record on that. And once he gets his hands locked in, he's gonna be a fantastic he's an open field runner, amazing at it. He's got he breaks people's ankles every week on a I mean, you know, almost on a play-by-play basis. He makes people look silly. He's he's the real deal. Now we're nine weeks into this, and the full value of, of running back in the first round, you have to see it long term because you see the Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon who look like first round. You know, successes, they, 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 you know, as the years gone by, well, they're not exactly, you know, one might have arthritis in his knee. You just don't, you know, I mean, you know right, uh, Gordon's right. never been healthy enough. And, and your first round picks, but the, with the Raiders having three, they could take that risk. And so far, it's, it, it's paying massive dividends. Now, to get back to your point, they could take a linebacker in the first round next year, which I wouldn't normally recommend, but you get two first round picks, right? Right. I think that they needed I mean, and one's probably going to be a top 10 pick. Thanks Chicago. Look, it's possible. You know, I believe that it's time for the Raiders to grab a linebacker, oh, a stud come on. young linebacker. I believe perfect is going to come back. Okay. Perfect is saying he's going to come back. There is a general feeling. Vic Tafer even said it today that perfect feels he's going to come back. I believe Gunther would want to have him back. He's still kind of relatively young. Um, yeah, but, then, but I, I would but, love to have a guy that he could mentor. You know what I'm saying? Sure, and and there's no guarantee in how long he's going to play for. I mean, uh, well, of course, he's of only course. one hit away from being out for the season again. And I'm not saying that to take a shot at yeah, the guy, but look, right. he's got the ultimate target on him now, right? Like now they're just looking for a reason to find him and kick him out. Yeah, and they doubled down with what what happened the other, you know, last night. So you know, um, Scott, you're famous for wearing a hat. Would you ever take off another man's hat and hit him with it? No, no, that's. <laughs> I mean, you know, not that I, you know, I didn't cheer when Lyle Alcedo did it, but uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, it was a different era. You know, I mean, you talk, you talk to guys like, like, like the Vilpiano, Vilpiano wore a damn, he had a broken arm. Apparently when I, I use that in quotes, he had a broken arm for seven years. He had a cast on his forearm. <laughs> hey, hey, dude. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly and, and, what you're saying. Yeah. And, 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 and. Oh boy, had a um, their, one of their one of their defensive linemen had a broken thumb, quote unquote, so he could jab people right in the gut, right in the <laughs> solar plexus when he came in on him. It was like, oh, you know, a big Ben Davidson speared, you know, Lynn Dawson in the back while he was on the ground. Oh yeah, 
It took off Namath's not... head, man. I mean, that, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's well, you know, it's just a it's just a difference in the way that the, the game is. is covered now and the way yep. social media works and look and it, and as egregious as it was in that act and what what Miles Garrett did and you know I don't think anybody endorses it. I think that there's also a uh, another side to it that you know look look Mason Rudolph, what did you think he was gonna do? You know what I mean? Well, like, did you think he was just wanting to dance with you? Like, there's there's guilt on both sides, and it doesn't it doesn't warrant the response. It doesn't, uh, you know. There's no justification to to that kind of attack, frankly. But yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's nothing new. I mean, well, yeah, you know, these things have happened in the NFL for for a long, long time, man. And it's just. You know, it's part of the game, man. It's just, just well, not. No, it's not. It's not part of the game. But it's, it's no. historically, it has been at times. We've seen these kind of things happen before, and I think it's just covered in a different way nowadays. Well, I mean, you know, uh, hockey, um, which is still the most, I think, most violent of things, had the McSorley incident where they really had to finally say, you know what, <laughs> you really can't take a damn stick to somebody's face. Um, that we've crossed the line there and they put the foot down and, you know, Marty McSorley, you know, that was the end of that. Uh, the Bontez perfect situation was, was the beginning of a new era with the, uh, with the NFL. No doubt. And we thought they, you know, with the, with the, with the 12 game suspension, when we we're talking about the most before that was somebody stepping on somebody's, you know, with cleats and 30 stitches. Yeah. Okay. No, it wasn't Sue. It was, uh, it was, uh, Hainsworth. Uh, yeah. Oh, Hainsworth. Yeah. Well, both yep. of them were stompers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was stomped and it was a five game suspension. Goodell and the, the league office, which has the ultimate power here, wants to protect the brand and they've decided to go this direction with it. So what happened last night? Double down on that with Garrett being out indefinitely. You got a guy who pushed the quarterback to the ground. Didn't, do anything other than shove his ass to the ground. And he got a game. Ponzi got three games for defending his guy. Now, don't Which, get me wrong. And, hey, and I don't stick up for Steelers, but yeah. he, there's the most class out of everybody in that whole scrum. That's the guy. That's the Man, guy the that same, did the right. Yeah. One person did the right thing out of that whole group of people, and it was Marquise Pouncey. Well, I, you know, I get that. It's a balancing act, okay? You want to 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 you want to be able to support your guy, protect your guy. Heck you know, yeah. when a guy when a when a guy domes your quarterback, yeah, okay. Yeah, do you're, that you're to Derek Carr and see what Richie Incognito right does. There. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> but then what would happen to Richie Incognito? They bury him somewhere. Sure. You know, um, no, they would take him out back and treat him like a lame <laughs> horse. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, you know, if Perfect had done what happened yet, you know, you, you, he would have been buried somewhere, you know, oh in like gosh, in man. like the, the, the swampy area, you know, between Alameda and, and San Leandro. <laughs> I mean, it just it would have been bad. So Alviso, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but here's what here's but here's what bothers me the most about what's going on. Okay, so at least they they're they're making uh, there's a there's a consorted effort to make it consistent. Okay, right? Sure. So a guy pushes a quarterback down, he's going to get a game. Okay, if that's I'm okay with that. If that's going to be the norm, I can adjust and go. Okay, well that's you know don't do that. You know, just like I was okay with Garrett getting in, suspended indefinitely because he better get more than damn games than perfect. But they did okay. I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is a punk, smug, arrogant, passive-aggressive quarterback kicking somebody in the family jewels and trying to rip his head off first, 
not getting a game when a dude just pushed him over got a game. Where is the balance there? Yeah, I is agree. A, uh, I, so a yeah. quarterback is able to freaking kick you right in the ding-ding twice. He hit you once with his hand, kick you with his foot, try to rip your head off, probably say things, you know, I, I'm not going to fall into the to the race baiting thing or anything like that but he probably said bitch ass or something like that because i could i could almost lip read that you know he probably kept it you know non-racial but still called him you know some stupid ass names and yet he didn't get a game he should have got two i'm with you see what i'm saying so that was the only thing yeah you know i mean you know i'm just saying anyways so to get back to it you're right. Perfect could go that direction, but see, you take a look at perfect. What he got 12 games for was that hit. I mean, he didn't dome somebody with their own helmet. I mean, that was yeah, but it's his, he's guilty of the repeat offender. That's the, that's the part. With I, I would have been okay that, with that. It, been look, okay I don't like it. Games. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? A, yeah. I mean, it's, it sucked. It sucked, and it hurt our defense, and yes, and, 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 and in a, in a great way. But I mean, when you're look, you got to know. You got to know. Look, whether it was mm-hmm. it wasn't egregious. It, it, that this last inf- infraction was certainly not. Egregious, no, it was not you, even. No, no, it wasn't. But, but you got to know. You got to know that that they, that they got a target on you. You know. Yeah. Um, all right. So hey, Scott, I respect your time, and I appreciate you joining yeah, yeah. us uh, here in Raiders Fan Radio. It's been awesome catching up with you. Um, I got a I got a new segment. I'm gonna try out on you. You ready to be a guinea, okay, You ready sure. to be a guinea pig? Okay. Sure. So, you know, we used to do the Mount Rushmore question where we would ask you, like, your favorite Raider, uh, yeah. you know, and four Raiders to put on your Mount Rushmore. Then we started doing this this or that thing where we kind of did this rapid fire where it was like yeah. you, had to, you had to pick one side or the other. I've got a new one. You ready? Okay. All right. You yeah. familiar with the Inside the Actors Studio questionnaire? You know what that is? Mm, maybe. All right. <laughs> I've taken the Inside the Actors Studio questionnaire and I've modified it to be Raidery. All okay. Right? Okay. So it's it's ten questions. All right. All right. All right. So the first one, Scott. What is your favorite Raider phrase? Oh wow! Uh, commitment to excellence. Nice. All right. Who is your most hated Raider rival? I have to pick one, don't I? Yes. That's why these are tough. I'm still stuck at. I'm still stuck with Denver, but it's probably going to switch back to Kansas City. You know, it's been neck and neck. You know. They, but you know that Super Bowl Fifty, that was they have some smug fans. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What Raider game fired you up most? Fired me up most. Yeah, got you excited. Back. The most exciting Raider game that 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 I I ever watched that that was really just unbelievable was nineteen eighty divisional. A championship, a divisional game. Come on, uh, in Cleveland. Yes, Red Right '88. Come that on, was oof. Love it, love it. All right, yeah. uh, who is your favorite Raider player? Kenny Stabler. Kenny said, "Me too." Uh, what game disappointed you most, Scott? The Tut game. <laughs> the tut <laughs> yeah, game. that's probably an I overriding mean, answer on this one. Yeah, I, I could say Super Bowl thirty, but I, the Tuck roll. No, no, the Tuck. There was I, an expectation yeah. of victory there when the Super Bowl. There was. was oh, we were. That was no, yeah. no. All right. What is your? This is gonna. These are kind of quirky. This is fun though. What's your favorite Raiders sound? You know, it, this is kind of. Uh, 
All I have to do is say, holy Toledo. <laughs> yes. Old school. Invoking Bill King. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. If you got to go to work for the Raiders tomorrow, what job would you want? Ooh. Well, let's see. A couple. I could run their podcast. No, I, they do a great job. If you, uh, you know, they do, they do a great job. Um, I would just love to be like a film room assistant where I just watch tape all day and, and, and become, you know, to follow in the Ron Wolf kind of, uh, you know, he used to just be the guy that was in the tape room all day. You know, I would love to do that. Yeah. All right. What job would you not want to have with the Raiders? There isn't. I'd pick up their (laughs) damn trash. Doesn't matter. I carry the damn water bucket. Love it. All right. Here we go. Here's the last one. Number 10. Scott, you just died. You went to heaven. You met your maker, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, and right after that is standing one Alan Davis. What do you want Al Davis to say to you? Just win, baby. Yes. Well done, Scott. Awesome. Awesome. We appreciate you coming on and joining me here at Raiders Fan Radio and RFR Conversation, Scott Winter. Raiders fans, check him out. RaidersBeat.com. Check him out on Twitter. Scotty, give me your give, give me your Twitter handle. Oh, it's uh, Scott underscore Winter NFL. Scott, so, you know at Scott at Scott underscore Winter NFL. And I want to say one other thing besides linebacker. I hope the Raiders, you know, pick up a wide receiver. So there you go. Those are my two oh, favorite there we targets. Go. All right, and, and yeah, there you go. Good deal. We, we appreciate you, Scott. The insight is always awesome. The analysis is awesome. The, the conversation is fun. Uh, we, need to, we need to get into some more Mandalorian next time we have you on. Well, next time yeah. we have you on, we'll maybe be like at the end of the first season, and then we need to right. like really like, like dive into it, man. We'll, we might yeah. need to do like a one-off show where we just talk about Star Wars. That'd be, that'd be all right. Yeah, that'd be good yeah. stuff. But hey, man, we really appreciate you, man. You're the best. Been a great friend to our show over many, many years, and we appreciate your time and appreciate the insight and uh, Raider Nation support what he's doing. You're, you're, you're the best, Murph. I, I always love you, man. Thank you, Scott. Awesome. We appreciate you, brother. Have a good night. All right, you too now. All right, we'll see you. All right, bye. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy... Our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, 
Our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.